Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Bill's Mafia. What is up? This is Bill's Talk with Matt Perino. I am your host. And we have a really special episode for you tonight. We are joined by... Super Bills fan, Chad Michael Murray, actor, uh, Buffalo native. Uh, We spoke to him for about an hour live on Saturday night. Uh, We usually go live on Wednesday nights with our guests, but Chad had a little opportunity on Saturday uh, to join Ryan Talbot and myself, so we went for about an hour. It is a great conversation. Uh, He talks about growing up as a Bills fan, uh, what his expectations are for the 2020 season, and even... Uh, we dive into uh, a little bit of his acting career. I will warn you, though, there we had some technical difficulties during the broadcast. Uh, I think that I figured them mostly out, but if you think over the course of the hour uh, that there's little pieces that don't make a lot of sense because Chad kept getting kicked out of the room and then we added him back in. Uh, but it was such a good podcast. I want to make sure that I got it on all of the platforms uh, so you guys can get to know him a little bit more. It was a really fun time. We hope to talk to Chad in the future. So without further ado, here's our episode, our conversation with Chad Michael Murray. Bill's Mafia. Usually it's usually my my intro is welcome to Bill's Talk Live Wednesday night, but we got a special impromptu uh session tonight with Chad Michael Murray, my man, massive Bills fan. Most people probably know him more as a, a very successful actor. Chad, thank you so much for joining us today, man. That's, this is awesome. Dude, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bills Mafia. How you doing? Go Bills! All right, so what are we what are we rocking here now? Uh, do we got it? Are we wearing some Bills gear? Got the Bills hat there? Okay, okay. Always, always, always. I mean, uh, this is like my typical lounge around the sh- house right now. It's the softest one of this uh, current release that I've been rocking out. Lately, oversized, nice and baggy, and this is my uh, current favorite hat, plus the uh, other hundred that I have. But my second favorite right now is the, um, well, actually my favorite favorite, but I don't want to wear it in, is the Clark Griswold Bills hat. Very nice, and that that one's become very popular uh, on your Instagram account. Um, so for, for those of you just tuning in, thank you. Uh, we're joined, uh, Ryan Talbot, my co-host, uh, Matt Prima, this is Bill's Talk. Uh, our new podcast just launched a couple, uh, what is it now? A couple weeks ago now, a month. Uh, we're all losing track of the days here as we go <laughs> along in this uh, quarantine, uh, uh, the coronavirus pandemic, obviously impacting everybody. But because of that, we've been really going hard uh, into the podcast, trying to bring you guys some uh, entertainment to take your mind off some of this stuff. And tonight we have an awesome guest, Chad Michael Murray, uh, grew up in Buffalo, 
Ryan and I both grew up in, in Western New York. Uh, you know, our families are huge bills fans. So to watch what you've been able to experience, you know, in recent years, you know, pictures with Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith. I mean, these are your childhood icons, heroes. I mean, what's it like every time you walk into new era field these days and, and some of the opportunities that you've had to interact with some of your heroes? Oh man, it, it, it's an unbelievable blessing. What can I say? I mean, um, the Bills organization has, they've opened their arms to my family and they've been unbelievably kind. Every, all the players uh, have just been incredibly genuine, just good guys. Uh, I think it started probably almost 20 years ago when I first met Jim for uh, his charity golf outing. And, you know, we got to talking. I, he brought me up to down to his cabin in Ellicottville. And uh, it just created that bond and through Jim and everybody else, it just kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's family, it's family. And so to grow up and, you know, be rooting on, you know, at 10 years old, Bruce and Thurman and Andre and Jim and, you know, the whole crew, Bennett and Tally, to now being able to walk over and shake hands, you know, and, uh, and have a relationship. It's, I think it's something that everybody in Buffalo aspires to. Am I wrong? <laughs> Not at all. No. Not at all. Now, now, Chad, you mentioned family, and that's interesting because a few years ago when you and I were talking, uh, you mentioned that when you were growing up, every halftime you'd have a little pickup game outside with your siblings. What do you remember about those days growing up and, and having those uh, games in the street between halftimes of those Super Bowl teams? A lot of snow, a lot of mud, wind, rain, doesn't matter. You got to go out there and do it. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's your childhood. And that's where the addiction, the, the the addiction of the Bills Mafia, I think that's where kind of where it breeds and it expands is the traditions that you create and the lifestyle that you lead when you're when you're pulling for your team. So I mean, I just I just remember rain, sleet, snow, or beautiful fall. Doesn't matter. We're out there and we're playing and we're having pickup games on the weekends. And you know, you know, that's the life. I remember. I remember growing up, I mean, obviously there's so many memories uh, of some of those Bills teams in the 90s, but one that always sticks out, I think, you know, I was about nine years old when uh, Scott Nord missed that kick. And I can remember every moment of that night with my family uh, huddled Wait, around the TV. You were awake? I was awake. I was allowed ah. to stay awake. <laughs> and it was, you know, that was the first real heartbreak of my life. And you no, know, I, I mean, I, I don't think I was old enough yet to where I really was, you know, interested in girls at that point. Uh, so I had an experience. Dying? Yeah, no, we didn't. We weren't allowed to have pets. My dad was very strict. Okay. Um, but but Bill's football, that's that's what it was all about on Sundays. And, you know, that was the era to grow up in it. You know, actually, I remember that we went to a, a co-worker's house of my father's for that first Super Bowl loss. And. Uh, it, it was it was pretty heartbreaking. Like you said, I remember being really young. I was playing Nintendo off in the side room, actually, during some of that game. And then I came out for that field goal attempt and just seeing like the look on everyone's faces went when he missed that. It, it was it was definitely heartbreaking. And how old were you for it? Oh, I would have been about five years old, five or six years old. And you were allowed to. Man, we were at I a friend's house. Yeah. Guys, and I was sent to bed. So my. My legacy is that I listened to it on the radio because uh, I wasn't allowed to watch it live. So I remember going up and I was sitting up. Uh, my brother and I had bunk beds. We shared a room. And we turned it on on the radio and didn't couldn't believe it because I, I thought we heard it wrong. 
So we kept waiting for it to like replay, but you can't get a replay on the radio to see exactly what happened. Uh, and so I didn't get to see it live. That's, that's my legacy. What a bummer. Well, well, how about this? How about the comeback game? Because that was recently aired on NFL Network uh, this past week. What do you remember about that game? Uh, anything special about that? Well, it wasn't televised, if you recall. It wasn't a televised mm-hmm. game. So uh, I remember we were sitting we – were li- sitting. Uh, I was living in Lancaster at the time, and uh, me and all my brothers were huddled around listening to it on the, listening to it on the radio. And halftime, I mean, we were getting blown out. And I just remember the frustration, throwing your hands up in the air. My brothers and I went down uh, into the basement to go play, like, I don't know, NHL or Tecmo Bowl or something on Sega. <laughs> and uh, so we're down there and we're playing. And uh, my one brother, Brandon, stayed upstairs. And uh, he goes, oh, Buffalo touchdown. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's 34-10. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo scored again. You know, now it's like 17. And we're like, okay. And then we start coming back upstairs, right? And we're waiting, waiting. And then, you know, I just remember running out in the streets and going nuts when they came back and won. And you're just wishing that it was televised and you missed the entire thing. <laughs> well, if you were mad about my dad letting me stay up to watch that game, you're going to be even more mad when I tell you that I was at that game. And I know everybody says they were at that game, but I actually was. Me and my my two uncles and my father, we were actually sitting. I mean, you're talking upper deck. We were literally the last roll at the top of the bowl. And at halftime, dude, I'm telling you, 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 obviously you're familiar with Walking Dead. It was like a scene out of Walking Dead when the Bills started to score those touchdowns and people started coming back over the fences. It looked like a situation where we were in big trouble. Like people were going to get hurt. People were going to, you know, maybe get killed uh, as they're all trying to, you know, jump back in over the uh, the fences. And we're talking hundreds of people mounting a fence at the same exact time. It was wild. So that was that's off. That was cool. Um, So what was it like in your house growing up? Like, is this something that, you know, your dad, your mom, you know, this was a family tradition where, listen, this is a Bill's house. No, I don't. I don't ever think that there was any uh like line drawn in the dirt <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh i mean i it was my dad uh when i was young it was my father and my mom and then there was five kids uh the four oldest were boys so we're all boys and uh i just remember we get back from church and the first thing we do is put the game on you know we watch you know bills miami whatever it would be and um and then after that i was just it was just born and bred like wasn't really a question you know buffalo when i was young and you guys were young they were the team to beat they were the team to watch and it just so happened that it was in our neck of the woods so i think it just became that's our team that's our squad uh and uh yeah you just live by it there was never a line in the i I remember one of my brothers was a Bengals fan i don't know i don't know one too many hits in the head or something i don't know but (laughs) Even still today, the poor Bengals. But uh, uh, he he likes the stripes on the helmet. I remember, like when he was like seven or something, he liked the stripes on the helmet. But outside of that, like we're just all born and bred Buffalo Bills, and all my brothers still go to the games. I've had season tickets for twenty years. That's still, unbelievable. I live in L.A. I still have my season tickets. I got four seats at the forty-five, man. 
And how, how often do you get back? And do you usually kind of uh, schedule your trips back around the football season if, if you can? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Without a doubt. Uh, this year, we don't have any real back-to-backs. That's the biggest problem. Um, you know, it's a good schedule because you're home away, home away, home away. But there's, there's some tough ones, man. Like, you're going across the country, and then you have a short week to prepare for the Chiefs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly, is that the Thursday night game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Nashville and then uh, back home for KC. Right. On a short week to prepare. So we're not getting a lot of favors in the, in the travel. Um, it is what it is. And so for us, we'll make it back. We'll make it back to me. We try to catch two to three games a year. Last year we made it to three. Um, and we had tickets to the Houston game. We had tickets to the Houston game. Uh, on the field and didn't go. <laughs> um, well, I, now we know who to blame. For what happened? I'm so sure we were going to win. That I was getting tickets for the following week, and I was like, no, 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 look, let's spend it on the next round. Let's spend it on the next round. We got this one in the back. I just really, I don't know, I had the, the that gut feeling we were going to pull that one out. And, uh, well, hey, man. Such is life, such is life, any given Sunday. Um, and, go ahead, Brian. The, the Bills are on the West Coast, like you mentioned a few times this year. Will you try to catch any road games? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. We'll be at the Bills Vegas. Uh, Bills in Vegas. Uh, they play the Chargers, right, out here? Or Niners. Chargers in L.A. Chargers Niners. In Niners. It's in Buffalo. Niners yeah. we won't catch. Niners we definitely won't catch. I think all the West Coast teams that are here, so Chargers and Rams, are both in Buffalo. So I won't be able to see those. The only game out here I think I can see is potentially uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep, Arizona and uh, and Vegas. Mm-hmm. Okay, Raiders. You know, obviously, uh, as a guy who travels to cover the team, I'm very excited about this road slate. Hopefully, everything looks um, country wise, uh, you know, yeah. a lot better than it does right now. But you know, I spent five years out in Las Vegas. Uh, getting back there will be absolutely outstanding. But you know, it's funny. I've been familiar with you for a long time because as Ryan and I were talking about before we started, and I will admit this in front of, you know, uh, in public, I was a big Dawson's Creek fan back in the day. Uh, it was just at the, it was just at the right time. I, 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 I don't know. I just, uh, I really liked uh, the dude from Mighty Ducks, Joshua Jackson. Yeah, Josh, I was yeah. like, Hey man, I'm going to give this a try. And so when, when your character appeared on Dawson's Creek and I found out you were from Buffalo, I was like, oh, man, very cool, very cool. I was bummed when you went off the show. So I obviously picked up One Tree Hill. So I've, I've followed your career for years and years and years. And it's, and it's funny. I see, I see a lot of people that in the public eye, right? And, and if they have favorite teams, they rep them um, to a degree. But, man, you rep the Bills like nobody else. And I'm talking about, okay, go check out this guy's Instagram. He is throwing out the first pitch at an L.A. Dodgers game in an L.A. Dodgers uniform with a Buffalo Bills hat on. <laughs> That's impressive stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think I didn't get, uh, excuse me, shit for it, but it did. And I said, <laughs> homegrown, man, it ain't coming off. It ain't coming off. Everywhere I go, my my Bills caps never leave me. Um, it is what it is. I never leave home, man. I've got a, uh, uh, you know. It's 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 Bills Mafia, man. Red, white, and blue. We bleed 
You know, we live and die on Sundays. It's a way of life. And, and everybody who knows me knows how to find my house because they can literally follow the Bills logos through Los Angeles to get to our home. So people will literally show up if it's the first time in the home. Like, I knew it was your house because it just followed the logos and there's your home. So we've, uh, yeah, we're making our mark. We're making our mark. We're, we're spreading, spreading the word. Speaking of, you know, being a hardcore Bills fan, I mean, what was the last two decades like? And I think I find this interesting talking to fans uh, and getting their experience on it uh, because, you know, it's so funny. I think I saw an article written by a Patriots writer recently about, you know, season ticket sales are down in New England with the kind of, uh, you know, uh, uncertain future of 2020 and what they're going to be as a team. In Buffalo, and I know there's always been kind of a fear of losing the team if you stop supporting, but you know this is like a way of life. Like, but but how did you stay up with them? Obviously, you're a busy life, and you're out in California. How did you stick through those bad times? Uh, you mean the, the 17 year drought? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during the Tree Hill days, I had uh, I went out and bought a satellite dish and put it on my trailer. So we filmed on Sundays. Oh. So I have to say, you know, thank God for Sunday Ticket because when Sunday Ticket come out, like I'm grandfathered in. I'm one of the original um, Sunday Ticket guys. So I still pay 99 bucks a year because I'm grandfathered into the original deal. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy about that one, man. Sometimes it pays to buy in early. <laughs> and, and so I've had Sunday Ticket since it started because I was in LA or North Carolina or wherever we were filming. Um, you know, I buy game packs when we're in London or overseas or wherever we are. So we keep up with it. Even if it's on a crazy, like I watched the Baltimore Raven game. We were in, uh, in the UK and I stayed up to like four in the morning to watch the bills Ravens game, uh, in the middle of, you know, my kids are past that. I know they're getting up in like three hours when the sun rises and I don't care cause I'm not missing I'm not missing that game. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Houston game and I want to go back a little bit because that was really, you know, they backed into the playoffs in 17. Obviously the Andy Dalton help was, was, you know, well covered. Greatly appreciated. I've greatly appreciated. There you go. Um, This, this was a little bit different last year. This was the team was kind of stripped down by Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott built back up the second year quarterback, uh, played really well, I thought, last year in his second year to lead them to the playoffs. And it was just a little bit of a different field. And you mentioned, you know, you expected them to win. So what was, like, that aftermath like when um, they lost and it was in such devastating fashion? I mean, how tough was it? I mean, for me, uh, win-lose doesn't matter. I'm always proud of my boys, right? It, it's It's that simple. So I'm not a uh, – I'm not one of those guys who, uh, first and foremost, anyone who boos, unless you're 0-16, don't boo. Don't boo. You're not the Bengals. All right? I have to say that. I got to say that. I think we were at, like, the Bills-Redskins game or something, which we won, and they were booing at halftime. Like, okay, just, like, we don't need to boo. Like, we went 17 years with a drought, and now they're winning. We've got something going. Let's get our boys pumped up. They know they're not playing well if, you know, if there's a bad play. They know they should have caught it. You know what I mean? Anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. Um, and trust me, I've talked to some of the guys about it. And, you know, in their head, they're like, no shit. I know I need to play better. They don't want to. So Houston, 
Uh, I was proud, man. I, I, I remember standing up and just applauding in my living room. You know, I was, uh, I was proud of the boys. They laid on the line. They went out there. They played hard. And um, momentum swung. And it's a young, hungry squad that can get back. It could be the beginning of something really beautiful. And I'm looking forward to the future and having realistic expectations every step of the way. As someone who's watching uh, McDermott being build something that has lasting success, you know, Josh in his second year played outstanding. And he's, you know, the room for growth and the, the ceiling is so high with him that you can only be excited. So for me to watch everybody really just show up and show out, it, it, it's an exciting, it's an exciting team. And I think, you know, people are jumping on the Bills bandwagon, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. AFC East champions right now. <laughs> no, they're they the favorite. Them, but they got to go get it. Absolutely. Now, you know, if there was one silver lining of that that loss, I think it's that Brendan Bean probably said, we need to go out and get a number one wide receiver for Josh Allen. He, he still lacks that. And, and lo and behold, they go and trade for Stephon Diggs. So heading into 2020, you know, what type of potential do you see maybe a Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh, chemistry having? Like what kind of effect do you see that those two having maybe on the success of this team taking that next step in 2020? I think what you're going to see is a larger impact on John Brown and Beasley than you're going to see with Diggs. I think Diggs is going to be getting man covered by, you know, if there was a Revis Island out there, he's going to be getting their best man or he's going to be getting doubled, which he's going to open up the field for John Brown and God willing, one of these young kids who's a larger target, right? So when you're getting down towards the 35 and you know, you can just kind of toss it up to Isaiah Hodgkins or, uh, um, whoever the other cat is that we snagged. Um, Gabe Davis. Thank you, uh, Gabe. Uh, you know, toss it up to one of those guys when you get down there. Um, you know, if uh, if Knox keeps developing and can keep playing and balling out like he does, because I, I think Knox is a football player. I mean, he's just an athlete and a football player. You can see it in his DNA. He's, he's 100% my favorite hair on the Bills right now. <laughs> he does. He's got a good mop going, man. He does. <laughs> I love it. So it's a great squad, and I think they did. You know, that's only going to make them hungrier. That loss is, believe it or not, in hindsight, we're all going to appreciate it. I think it makes you fight. It makes you hungry. If they would have gone to the next round, maybe not as appreciative the following season. Who knows? You don't know. We don't know. That's a great point. Um, and you mentioned Josh Allen and how much you liked the season last year, and I always like talking about him because he's such a a polarizing figure outside of Western New York, but inside the walls. I mean, I can't remember the last time a quarterback or, or maybe even a player has been as embraced and, and, and widely celebrated in a Buffalo Bills uniform as Josh Allen. And so what's your, you know, two years here, what's your, what's your takeaway so far? What are you expecting in year three? Uh, I love Josh. I think he's a perfect thing for our, for, for Buffalo. I, I genuinely do. I think he's the right man for the job. I think um, I think one of the most ironic things about our offense is, you know, for a guy who has accuracy issues, he's got the smallest receiving core in the NFL, which, by the way, is only going to make him better because now he's, you know, aim small, miss small. He's aiming at all these guys who are six foot and below. Now he gets a couple big guys, and it's going to be much harder to miss those guys, which, by the way, that's something that I think, I don't know if it's design, 
but it's interesting just to think about. Josh is a baller, period. The kid shows up. I The, the fire that he has in his gut every Sunday, um, his genuine sense of leadership, his uh, humble nature, everything about the guy. I'm, I, I'm in. I'm 100% in. So I, I, I bought into Josh uh, towards the last, uh, towards like the last three, four games of the first season. I said, all right, the kids, he's got some fire and he's got, he's, I mean, he's got a cannon. I've never seen somebody throw a football. I had a throw off with Josh, by the way. I just mm. wanted to see what it was like. Oh. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Like when I was younger, I mean, I could sling it. And I could hit 60. Uh, I hit 48, 49, 50 last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I can, I mean, I'm almost 40. So it's arms and I don't throw every day. Right. And I go, all right, Josh, now it's time to embarrass myself. Let's do it. So throw off without trying. I've never seen anything like it. He just, without anything behind it, 65 yards from the 50 yard line post <laughs> into the tunnel and it was effortless, effortless. I've never, and the ball goes as high as it does long. <laughs> and, I th- and I think that is what's been so difficult for him to really kind of manage the deep ball because he's obviously got an unbelievable like arm talent. But I think it's just something where, you know, somebody mentioned to me on social media and I, I, I can't remember the, the, the handle, but in these videos that they've been watching of out in California training with the rookies, he noticed that um, Alan, it looks like his mechanics have changed a little bit on the, on the longer throws. And, you know, I, I, I think it's something that over time is something that's just going to improve naturally. I, I think it's something like you saw some of the things that happened last year in uh, intermediate part of the field where his accuracy in year one, there were times when you were, you kind of like looked at some of these short throws in the 10 to 20 yard range. And we're like, Ooh, well, what happened there? You didn't see that last year. You know, the intermediate path was absolutely sensational. So I think it could be something that in year three, that's when the deep ball starts to connect and it helps to throw a Stefan Diggs into the the mix. So did, I don't know if you guys, either one of you guys ever played ball, did you play ball growing up? Uh, like JV, nothing crazy. Okay. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Okay. When you get on the field, it's a totally different ball game, man. And so to have happy feet and to like miss by a mile on your rookie season, um, yeah, I don't hold anything against you for doing it, man. Like I really don't hold anything against you. It's a lot of pressure. You're 21 years old, walking in carrying a franchise on your shoulders, right? Uh, a billion dollar franchise is just sitting there on your shoulders. Here you go, go lead them to victory. By the way, 70,000 people are watching and they're gonna boo you if you throw it at their feet. There's a lot of pressure. And yeah, sure, you're supposed to be able to shrug it off, that's your job, but it takes time to develop that. I remember when I was younger, uh, I wasn't able to throw a touch ball until like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if someone was 10 yards away, I would be firing it in on a rope the same way I'd throw it if it was 50 and I would try to just fire it in there. Uh, and a lot of people used to say to me, you know, just in pickup games and stuff, they'd say, dude, put a little touch on it, man. What do you don't have to, I'm right here, <laughs> right around 25, 26, that idea of just kind of laying it in there for them to go get it. It developed. So I think all this stuff comes with time, but I mean, man, I'm no, I'm no one to judge the kids a baller. what he did in Dallas, what he did, you know, to fight for that extra yard. What he does 
every Sunday, the way he gets the boys riled up, the arm talent alone, his mental capacity, his humble attitude, he's the perfect thing for our city. He is Buffalo Bray. Who's got you juiced? Uh, big offseason here. Obviously, Stefan Diggs. I mean, that's got to be so exciting uh, to, to add that kind of playmaker to the offense. But is there any guy that they brought in this offseason that has got you like, man, I, I think this could be a difference maker? You know, I mean, look, I know they added in Mario Addison and all these guys, you know, uh, on, on, the, on the D-line. I think our D-line's, you know, mean, mean, mean. Mm. So it'll be fun to see them uh, put some pressure on the quarterback and give Tredavious – uh, and and Poyer and Micah hide some serious stats because I think there's going to be a lot of errant balls. Thank you, Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> and and I think I think that we're going to see a lot of turnovers because of that beautiful defense. Um, I'm excited to see what uh, 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 Edmonds does this year. To be mm. honest, season year three, he's finally what is he finally 22? He'll be 22 yeah. this season. <laughs> I mean, my God. So he should be really balling out this year. I want to see the monster that that kid's going to become. And I think out of free agents, genuinely, Josh Norman, random. But I think you're teaming him back up with 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 McDermott, who can take these corners. And look what he does with them. He turns them into machines. He does so well with cornerbacks. Um and I think you're going to see Josh Norman potentially have a, remer- uh, a reemergence, man, and, and, and potentially dominate. And if not, guess what? Levi Wallace takes the job. So, you know, <laughs> we're all good. But I think Josh Norman could be the guy to watch. And uh, obviously, I can't wait to see Stefan Diggs. been a Stefan Diggs fan for years. He's helped me on my fantasy team more than not. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, I think the Josh Norman thing is interesting. When, when the Bills first – were about to sign him. I I was kind of, I, I wrote that article. You remember it, Ryan? I said, listen, the Bills might have to think twice about going after Josh Norman. But I got to tell you, I've been talking to we, we had a chat with Brandon Bean. I got to talk to D Marlowe, uh, who played with um, Josh Norman in Carolina in 2015. And Josh Norman came out and said that he's expecting big things of himself this year. I'm 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 all in on the idea of Josh Norman. I think that you can bring him into this scheme, which he's familiar with what he was playing in Washington wasn't what he excels in. And I think that you're, you're right. Worst case scenario, he's not what they're hoping and you still have Levi Wallace. So I think right on the money. I mean, this guy, this guy knows his football. I'm huh, right. Well, oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you, man, but they brought EJ Gaines back. So, and Gaines, Gaines balled out when he was here. So I think there's so much depth. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of depth, right? Uh, but with Josh Norman, I think a lot of the times is when he went to Washington and they just were terrible. And can you imagine the emotional downs if you came from a winning culture and you're going to the Super Bowl and you're in the playoffs every year and then you go to a team that's just not performing the best. It's not the best Washington Redskins team that we were seeing, right? I mean, you know, five, six, seven games a year. I think that Maybe you're not playing your best ball because you just kind of lose interest. I think he's going to come and be reinvigorated, man. He's going to come out here. He's going to see a young team that's hungry, and that's going to juice him up. So one, two years of, of Josh Norman as he's getting a little bit older, I think you're going to get really potentially a great player and have two lockdown corners to really solidify that defense. 
A top five, no matter what. That's all I right, Top five. I, I would like top two, but top five, guaranteed. <laughs> And, and there's something to be said about the talent around him, too, because in Washington, he didn't have a safety duo like Jordan Poyer and Mike right. Hyde that have, or, or like you said, White on the other side, even Taron Johnson in that in the inside of the nickel. So, you know, the talent around you can elevate your play as well. So, yeah, I agree. I think there's some big things possibly in store for Norman. Yeah. So uh, this Tom Brady fella, uh, not in the AFC East, what are your thoughts could not be happier. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I had a great Brady story, so I don't hold a, I I don't have a problem with Tom Brady. I actually, I mean, I I think a lot of people are the same way. They're going to be rooting for Brady in Tampa. I I believe it. I don't think it was Tom Brady that people were mad at. I think it was the Patriots they were mad at, to be honest with you. Tom Brady did a great thing. So I don't know if you guys remember that game got blown out, uh, it was a Sunday nighter or something. It was Bill's Patriots and they won like 49-7. Randy Moss, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. it. Okay, so I was at that game. And after the game, uh, the players are coming out of the tunnel and everybody's got their earphones on, head down, just ignoring their fans walking by. And there's a mix of Bill's and some Patriots fans, uh, you know, but the Patriots fans are applauding their, their team as they come out, as they should. And out comes Brady. And, you know, people are calling his name, calling his name. He kind of, he does the, the wink and the smile. He goes to, to get on his bus. There's a little kid standing right next to me. And he goes, Mr. Brady, Mr. Brady, I'm from Michigan, Mr. Brady. And his head drops as Brady gets on the bus. And he turns around and Tom heard him. And Tom turns around and goes, hey, kid. Hey, kid. From Michigan. And I'm like, kid, kid, what are you he's calling you. Go on, man. And Tom, we, we pull up like the little caution tape. He goes running in. And Tom picks him up, takes him up on, takes him on the bus. The bus door closes. All the guys on the team, they're like doing a little thing on the bus. He's introducing everybody. He signs his little Michigan helmet. And then, you know, five minutes later, the kid comes off the bus. And that one moment, I went, you know what? It's a good dude. A good dude, because that's what it's about at the end of the day. It's that, that that impact he had on that boy, and all the people who saw it, will last a lifetime, man. So it was a cool moment to see. Were you surprised that he left New England? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I just, I can't imagine. It just feels like there's a lot of pressure. I understand the respect aspect of it. Look, they they they've been the best team in the in the NFL for almost 20 years. All right, they've been dominant, dominant, dominant. But I think Brady has proved something that he can do it with someone else. That it's not just Bill. That it's not you know that there's not a little asterisk next to his name that says he's the goat. But Bill Belichick made him that because he did it with Matt Castle and he did it with Jacoby Brissett and he did it with Garoppolo. Uh, he won. He just won with those guys. I mean, even Brian Hoyer last year was 16-17 in the preseason, for gosh sakes. <laughs> so when you look at that, I think you have to separate the two and let Brady go and do his thing in Tampa. And if he can take that team to the playoffs, even just to the a- 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 NFC Championship, he doesn't have to get to a Super Bowl. He can mark that off the list of things like, all right, get that monkey off my back. It wasn't just Bill. I'm, I'm a player. And I think you got to prove that to yourself. It was like Joe Montana. When he, what, what makes Joe Montana great 
potentially the best is because he did it in two places. He also went to Kansas City. Now, Buffalo knocked him out in the AFC Championship. (laughs) Set that up nicely. (laughs) But Joe, he did it in two places. He won, right? He won in different environments. It wasn't just Bill Walsh, right? So you look at that, and I think that that's something for Brady that would keep you motivated, keep you motivated to win. I, for me, it would. One of the big things when this actually happened, because I was, you know, I, I was doubting that he was going to leave New England just because, you know, what a, what a, you saw what happened with Michael Jordan going to Washington. And I know that, um, you know, Tom Brady always, you know, I think holds himself in that regard in, in trying to chase that greatness and being the best of all time. And I also thought of it from a Bills fan's perspective, him being in Tampa Bay and out of the division. It's happening at a time where the Bills, the pendulum is shifting. The Bills, I thought, were the better team last year in both of those games. I think it was a young team that was kind of learning itself. But I thought for maybe six of the eight quarters, the Bills were the better team on the field. And so I think with Tom Brady and Josh Norman actually said it this week better than I could have, with with Brady, with or without Brady, we still feel like we were going to be a problem this year. And I agree. I would have picked the Bills to win the AFC East even if Brady Without a doubt. By the way, with Brady, uh, you know – I think Brady makes them a great football team, but if they bring in, if Andy Dalton would have went there, I actually would have had a little bit of like a, I don't know. (laughs) Because Brady's arm wasn't where it needed to be last year. Now that could also be because his receiving core was a subpar, right? He had Edelman and nobody. Mm -hmm. Okay. A bunch of guys who couldn't get separation. And so he had to throw the ball in the dirt over and over and over and over and over and over again. So, look, whether Brady was there or not, I think Buffalo would have been the better team, but there's still that monkey to get off your back. Every time you walk into Gillette with Tom Brady, big bad Bill Belichick there, it puts more angst on you, more pressure on you to make the play, and you might not play as loose, right? Just, just it, That's just in life. That's natural for anybody when you're up in a pressure situation. So that one play that the big bad Patriots are going to make you make the mistake you're going to make because you're a little tighter than you would be. That's how they get that advantage on you. Um, and now that's gone. And I think that Buffalo can walk in there and, uh, you know, just play their game of football. I don't think they go in there cocky. Like we're going to just knock them out. I think you go in there and you play your brand of football and you, you, you play to win. If I was writing the movie script for Bill's fans in the, the Tom Brady saga, I think the perfect ending would be Buffalo versus Tampa Bay in in Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl in 2021, February, if everything goes according to plan. And the Bills knock off Tom Brady and his new team. Because let's be honest, this offense, this Tampa Bay offense looks like it's going to be scary. I mean, I, yeah, it's kind of not fair. They don't have a running back yet. They do not have a tailback. He does need some type of dump off guy right there. But yes, their receiving core is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my goodness. All right. So, so let me uh, transition here real quick before I let you go. Thank you so much, Chad, for, for your time tonight, man. This has been a fun time. Great conversation. The fans are, are really enjoying it. And I want to ask you a couple of questions, uh, rapid fire style. Right. Uh, and you can hit us with us. Favorite acting role of your career. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, a TV series okay. called Sun Records that you probably didn't see. Wow. Okay. Favorite show you've been on? TV show. Well, that was that's it. That's okay. TV, that's okay. So show. both work. Um, 
Does the One Tree Hill fanfare ever get old? No. Because it is, even still, all these years later, I mean, you you do a lot of stuff with a lot of the fans. It, it seems like, you know, from the outside looking in, I'll be like, man, I might get tired of talking about my character from that one show I was on. It's the most bizarre thing. It's actually the fandom is growing uh, because of streaming services. So, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I meet... Uh, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, kids who weren't alive when we started filming the show. Like, they weren't born. And they are now watching it. Uh, I would just say the show just resonates with people in such a way that uh, I, I just it's standing the test of time. So it's, it's, it's always an honor to be a part of something. Man, I came out to Hollywood to make people happy. And that's what the show does. So I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, there's a question in the chat. Um, what was it like to work with Michael B. Jordan on Fruitvale uh, Station? Yeah. I love Michael. I love Michael. Great. Michael B is, he's man. He's just as solid as they get. He's not, you know, there's nothing pretentious or Hollywood about the guy. He's just so down to earth. He's a great artist and just a good guy. Um, favorite bills memory. That's tough. That's, that's tougher than the show question. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Favorite, I don't have a favorite bills memory. My favorite bills memory is to come. It's to come. It's the future memory that I'm going to have with my family, my son, my wife, when they and my daughter when I'm bawling my eyes out because we just won a championship. So what's that situation like? Is your is your wife a big football fan? Because I know my cousin who lives out in San Diego, um, they're a San Diego Chargers family, but he's obviously a yeah. Bills fan. And he's and I saw his son in a Chargers jersey, and I gave him a little a little uh, jab for it. What's it like? Are you able to raise the kids Bills fans here? So my wife was, uh, she's from uh, Coronado. So, so she was a San Oh, okay. Fan. Okay. Uh, and I've always been a Philip Rivers fan. Man. I love Philip Rivers. I just mm -hmm. love the way the kid, I just love the way he gets fired up. So uh, they were always one of my backup teams that I root for because everyone has a backup team mm -hmm. um, that you like to pull for. Uh, but they, uh, once they moved, I mean, it broke everyone's heart in San Diego. So uh, she didn't find it fun to root for San Diego. Because they always found a way to blow it at the last minute. Like, you're like, they're dominating. And then somehow they lose after they were up by 30. And uh, so that drove her nuts. So at the end of the day, she found way more fun. She's just gotten hard. I mean, she felt it when we lost to Houston. Like, she was emotional about it. So she's bought in. She's 100% into Buffalo. Uh, she, the, the, the Pagulas. Uh, have been so kind and wonderful to my family. She, her relationship with uh, Kim and uh, some of the people in, in, in the city, just everybody's been wonderful. She's 100% into Buffalo. So, yeah, we've got no problem there. It's Favorite. not divided here. <laughs> Favorite chicken wings <laughs> in Buffalo? Well, I would hope it would be in Buffalo. Well, of course he's in Buffalo. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's so tough, dude. They used to have these great wings, but they don't have them anymore. Uh, it was a secret little place. You know the Golden Bear Dome on Worley in, like, uh, Clarence Williamsville area? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the place. They used to make the greatest wings, but they're, they're, they, 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 they changed the ownership on the, on the restaurant, I think. Is that uh, on the other side of transit in the Clarence? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I got you, got you, got you. I would say Duff's. I, I say Duff's. You know, Anchor Bar, I had a bad experience once downtown, so it didn't go well. Um, and I haven't had Barbell. I'm right there with you. So... When I moved back two years ago, Duff's was my indisputable champ. 
and I came back here and I saw all of this hype around Bar Bill, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna go check it out." Man, I probably had Bar Bill five times to my one time having Duffs now, and we have one in the North Towns. I live in Amherst, and there's one out in Clarence now, so I go, we go there all the time. Beautiful, beautiful. So when I'm home, my dad lives in Clarence. Going. Boom. Perfect. All right. Boom. My Bar Bill. More heartbreaking exit with two seasons to go. Lucas Scott in One Tree Hill or Michael Scott in The Office? I never saw The Office. I've never seen one episode of The Office, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume that The Office had to be incredibly dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like watching those two seasons after you left? Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I don't watch a lot of television. Mm -hmm. I watch sports. And then I uh, spend my time working on things. Uh, obviously, now I've got kids, but I'm either writing scripts or training or uh, just traveling, camping, doing all sorts of different things. So I've never been a huge uh, absorber of series. It's hard for me to binge. Like, I've never been a binger. I can't do mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and my guilty pleasures are typically like doc shows, like The Curse of Oak Island or... Um, ancient aliens like i love watching that stuff just because it's like mindless and i fall asleep <laughs> there you go uh best tailgating spot outside of new era field uh i don't know i don't know you tell me all I of them I, he I says all of them i wait yeah all of them right i wouldn't i'm not i'm not gonna that that, that that's a losing question period uh <laughs> anywhere in buffalo that you can party with a buffalo bills fans best place to party did you enjoy the uh, the Pinto tailgate? Was that the, your first time this past season? Uh, it was the first time I've ever done it. We did it twice this year. Um, and we shot a little show that we're shopping around right now uh, about the Bills Mafia. And we're going to do a uh, tailgating show. It's going to be a riot, man. That's awesome. You have to give us a screener of that when it comes out. I'll, be, I'll look forward to oh, watching that. Yeah, man, you got it. We just uh, we're working on some, uh, some some different things. Obviously, coronavirus has changed the environment. We don't know if there will be any fans or it'll be limited fans, like the sixty thousand to fifteen thousand capacity. Right? They'll do like winners of sections that you can come this week and you get two games. I don't know what the scenario is going to be, so it'll be hard to shoot. But we'll figure it out. I'll let you know. That's awesome. And and did you? What, what, what did the guys, because I know the guys that run the tailgate at, at Pinto, what, did they give you uh, high marks for your ketchup and mustard uh, spewing during the ceremony? I'm an old pro, bro. Old pro. <laughs> it was easy. They're like, damn, dude, you've been here before. And, and, took the bowling ball shot like a champ, landed it, hole up, hold it. All right, before I let you get out of here, prediction. Uh, Ryan and I actually get put our game by game uh, prediction out at the site this week. Uh, Ryan had him going twelve and four. I went eleven and five. Some people think they could go ten and six, even with the better roster because of the tough schedule. Where do you got him finishing this year? Um, uh, due to schedule, due to travel, uh, ten and six wins the division. Uh, I think ten and six, ten and six wins the division. I think you're looking at. Uh, one team will be probably like four and 12. Another team will be like, you know, six and 10. And then the other team will be like eight and eight, nine and seven, somewhere in there. Buffalo went at 10 and six. Um, I think the last game of the season is probably not even going to matter. Bill's Dolphins, uh, hmm. what is it, the 29th or something? I think that that's going to be a no brainer. So we might have five losses at the time or 10 wins at the time, but it'll be just like last year and we'll just like, you know, 
have our backups play. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, so I, I think 10 and 6, it's a tough one, man. It's a really tough haul just because of the travel, the time differences, the short weeks. I love the schedule because it's going to have them battle tested, ready to go for the playoffs. Like, there's, a te- there's no teams that they won't really have played. Like, they'll have tough matchups, right? It's not like they're going to have a cake season and then walk in and have to play real teams in the playoffs. They're going to be playing real teams all year. It's going to make them ready. So can you see, if I put this picture in here, can you see it? You will see the picture I just put in there. Oh, we lost them. Oh, you know why we're losing them? Because I have that, that picture in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we keep losing them, I think. I had like oh, a little... No. I had like a little picture that I wanted to show him at the end. He was wearing a a mask and it was months ago. It was before the coronavirus even started. And if that's the reason, if I am the reason that we've had this annoying (laughs) continual problem and now he's not, it doesn't even look like he's getting back in. Okay. I'm going to be very upset with myself. So we, we did put out our, uh, our, our game by game previews this week. 12 and four. You're very bullish. Dude, it's it's hard to go 12 and four. You know, everybody that's talking about this season for the Bills, even the guys nationally that are the most hyped on it seem to be still kind of fearful about jumping over that 11 win threshold. But you you jumped on it pretty, pretty willingly. So 12, 12 and four, hit them. What, what, what do you think? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the division. I still think the Dolphins are a year away. I, there's a lot of unknown with the Patriots, and, and I'm just not buying the Jets. I think actually the Bills benefit from playing the Jets when they do this season. One week one, that offensive line won't gel. That second matchup is right after the Thursday night game, so the Bills will be having extra rest. I, I really think that they can go 5-1, and 6-0 in the division, and, and there's almost – half the battle right there of getting to 12 wins. So you scatter in some other games along the way there. Are, uh, and, he, you know, Chad was right. There's some really tough games on the horizon. There's the Chiefs, there's the 49ers, the Seahawks. Um, and maybe they can steal one of those games, but I, I like them against the Cardinals. I'm not sold on the Rams, so I think that's a winnable game. Raiders, I think they can win that one. So, you know, you go down and, and you're it, – it's – it's a week-to-week league. Injuries happen, things happen, teams get hot. But, you know, my, my way-too-early prediction of 12 wins, I, I can just see it happening in an ideal situation. Man, I don't know if we're going to get him back here. What a bummer. But I think because I got rid of that picture, well, this is a good learning experience. Don't put pictures in the little bottom thing anymore to try to get cute with the live broadcast. I try to get a little cute with it. Um but no, Chad's been great, man. This was a, a great conversation, uh, getting a chance to learn a little bit more about his uh, fandom. I mean, I've always just been impressed from afar watching, you know, we see so many Bills fans. I mean, this is, you know, what really I think resonates with me getting a chance to talk to Chad this week is Thursday was the one year anniversary of Pancho Bila's passing. And I think when I came back to the beat, like a lot of Bills fans, one of the first things that I noticed with Poncho Bila when he um when I came back to the beat was Poncho and I actually I wasn't very familiar with Poncho <laughs> before the draft. And so and Chad's back with us now thankfully. Dude, when my I was, phone died. Oh nice 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 okay 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 so it wasn't me. 
All right. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't you. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. For your thing. What was it about your picture? What were you going to ask me? Um, Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, you had that picture of him, you said, with the mask on. It, it was yours, Matt. Oh, Can you hear me? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I lost it. <laughs> I, I lost what I was going to ask. But what we were talking about was, I think it's what's so cool about having you on today. You know, you know, Chad Michael Murray, actor, all that's great. But like you're this super fan and there's all of these super fans of the Bills. And when I came back, one of the th- first things that I, people I, I met was Pancho Bila, Ezra Castro. And Thursday was the one year anniversary of his passing. And this is such a fan base that embraces the people that celebrate this team nationally. I mean, this is a guy, Ezra Castro, that wasn't from Buffalo, didn't live in Buffalo. You know, he just became a a fan and then embraced the community. And I think that one of the coolest things about Bill's Mafia outside of the tables and um, a lot of the fun videos on social media is the community that's been created. And this goes back to the 90s and 80s. I tell people all the time, this has always been the case within this fan base. Yeah, man. Yeah. Born and raised. You're born into it. I mean, I don't know how many babies I've seen crash through tables in the last year in videos. You're born into it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Dude, this was an absolutely awesome time. Um, you can find all of Chad's work, like he mentioned, on all these streaming services. I, I think I just saw that Riverdale season four is on Netflix. So you can catch up on that. Um, what else do you what else you got going on? Because it's oh, we lost them. Okay. So I feel better. I feel better. It's not me. You've been sitting here thinking it was you now. It's, it wasn't me. It wasn't whatever I was doing with the little picture. That one wasn't you. No, it, it just keeps kicking me out, guys. By the way, I apologize to everybody for the inconvenience. No, no, no. It's not it's you. None at all. It's not um, you. But the pic- you, now I know the picture, though. The picture was of you months ago, I believe, working on a on your house. <laughs> it really it really uh, was a, a nice predictor of what was to come. Yeah, I, by sure. the way, I just had recently seen that photo. It's funny that you brought it up, and I was like, huh. I was pre-planning for coronavirus. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah, I would say, um, what's coming up? What's coming up? Uh, May 22nd, I have a movie coming out uh, that'll be on VOD because movie theaters are closed. Right. Uh, called Survive the Night with Bruce Willis. Awesome. So that'll be out May 22nd everywhere. Uh, that you can download movies. And then um, I had another one that was supposed to come out April 8th, but we've pushed now, so I don't know when that'll be out, but it's called Max Winslow. That'll be out later this year. And then uh, just running and gunning, man, running and gunning. We'll see what the, the best is yet to come. That's that's It's so funny you mentioned Bruce Willis because I was just talking to my wife today about you know the quarantine and about the national crisis, the global crisis, and it got me thinking about Armageddon, one of my favorite movies. It's, it's a... Yeah. I got to say, it's like an, it's a guilty pressure. I know a lot of people give me grief about it, but Hey, could you imagine if we had a Harry Stamper right now to come in here and take care of this quarantine? You know, it's, it's one of those things when, when, when in crisis call Bruce Willis. (laughs) (laughs) There it is, man. What the heck? Always. That's what I told him. He told us great stories, man. By the way, William Fickner was in that Buffalonian. Wow. Great plug. All right. So now Buffalo Bills fans, you have two reasons. To see the new movie. Uh, William Fichtner, man, what a classic. No, William Fichtner was in Armageddon. <laughs> oh, see, you gave us a little bit of a teaser. I thought no. I thought he was the new one. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's a great point. He was the pilot. He was the pilot in Armageddon, 
He was. He was a very vital, important role in that film. He said, get off the nuclear warhead. <laughs> that was good old, good old Bill Fickner, man. Crushing it like he always does. So Indeed. underrated. So underrated. Dude, so good. All right, so here's the deal. When you get back to Buffalo, hopefully social distancing is a thing of the past. We'll go hit some bar, Bill. We'll do a little catch-up. This was an Done. awesome time, my man. Thank you so much, um, really, for joining us on a Saturday night uh, in quarantine. This is a great time. Easy peasy, man. Thank you both for having me genuinely. God bless you guys. Go Bills. I love all your family pictures behind you, by the way. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Guys, take care of yourselves. Bills Mafia. I'll see you guys soon. All right, guys. Bills, Bills Talk with Matt Perino, Bye. Ryan Talbot. Another episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right, guys, that'll do it. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to Bill's Talk with Matt Perino. Uh, myself, my co-host, Ryan Talbot, we really appreciate your support. And if you can give us a little bit more support, we'd really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, um, and share our podcast wherever uh, you can. It really helps us as we continue to grow uh, the audience. Uh, we're really planning some awesome things for this podcast uh, as the season approaches and we get into a very big 2020 season for your Buffalo Bills. Until next time, as always, keep it locked on the NYUP, Syracuse.com.